It's Monday, and that means it's time for a new episode of Interviewing People, the career cast where you can learn about a variety of careers from people actually doing the work. Today I'll be talking with Lacey Kern, who once walked these halls but is now a recruiting specialist for Nationwide Insurance. Lacey will be sharing about her career and her advice for creating a resume. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Interviewing People, and today we have Lacey Kern with us. She is a 2012 graduate, and she is going to be talking about her experience as a recruiting specialist at Nationwide in Columbus, and give us some insights regarding resumes, the things that she looks at every day. She is going to be the perfect resource for us. So, Lacey, thank you very much for joining us. And I'd love for you to just start out by talking a little bit about your current career as a recruiting specialist. So like was mentioned, I am a recruiting specialist at Nationwide here in Columbus. Um, I actually started there about three years ago. So back in 2018, I knew I wanted to be in human resources and it's a hard field to land in. And I finally made the right connection and they actually had a contract role open up, which was a little risky, but I decided, you know, hey, this is where I want to be. I'm willing to take this leap and hopefully it pays off. And I started out as a recruiting coordinator, which is the back end part of the processes and just, you know, everything that keeps the recruiters running smoothly and hiring everyone and scheduling and the administrative piece. And it gave me the opportunity to really get my feet in the door and learn what the business looked like and what it would look like if I wanted to be a recruiter next, or if I wanted to do something else after that. Um, thankfully, a little bit in, like less than a year, I was able to get hired on full-time and became a senior coordinator on the team and have since gotten to jump into the recruiting world and have been in this seat for about two years now, um, maybe closer to a year and a half, but have been in the recruiter seat and just honestly love what I get to do. I get to bring people in and I get to either help them start their careers as fresh college graduates entering the workforce for the first time, or I'm helping experienced professionals move into roles at a company that has a great culture and, you know, help them land in jobs that they really want. It's really rewarding. It's also really challenging. Um, as with most jobs, I think we all know that it can be challenging and human resources is no exception to that. Um, but, you know, through what I've done, I'm also working on a professional designation called the Professional and Human Resources to really just help myself grow in my career. And, you know, I think the best advice that I received was taking the leap was worth it and taking the risk was, you know, you know, if you put in the work, it's okay to take a risk in your career and, you know, take that jump and see what happens. And honestly, I'm really grateful that I did take that jump because I am extremely happy with where I am now. So you mentioned about three things there that I want to jump back to. And one of those is, where do you spend a, more, a majority of your time looking for the future employees? Is it all LinkedIn? Is it Monster? Is it all of those places or none of those places? Uh, give us a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I am mostly on LinkedIn. So most of my roles are going to be professional level, looking for a little bit of experience. So LinkedIn is super important. I'm sure you guys have all heard that before, that LinkedIn is a great tool. Get your profile out there. Keep it updated and tell your story well through your profile, because that is genuinely where I spend the bulk of my time. 
Um, I do a little bit on an Indeed if I get more entry-level roles or anything like in building services, I'm going to look on Indeed. So it's really just knowing the market you're looking for, but we are primarily a LinkedIn company, and I think a lot of the corporations are LinkedIn. Um, and we also have some artificial intelligence we use as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So you started out by saying that you finally found the right connection, connection or you had a connection that helped you get in at Nationwide. What can you tell us about the role connections have played in your career journey and maybe the role that you see them playing in other people's career journeys as you look to hire them at Nationwide? So, you know, connections can be anything from family members who know someone, to family friends, to networking that you've intentionally done through maybe things on your campus as you're starting your college journey. Um, you know, for me, without that connection, I probably wouldn't have landed. I did not have the resume that would have stood out to a company like Nationwide. That connection helped me get a conversation started. And I honestly probably owe what I'm doing today to that person who was willing to connect me. Um, you know, I've seen it help other people as well who are maybe struggling. Maybe they've got a career gap and they're trying to get back in the workforce. And, you know, when you build a relationship with someone on the inside through a mentoring program or, you know, whether it's church, school, anything you're doing, when you build that relationship, know that every relationship matters. And I think what I would call out with that too is first impressions matter because you don't know who that person is when you're meeting them. So putting your best foot forward all of the time is just critical in life. So, you know, always put that best foot forward introduce yourself in a way that shows who you are and then let people see who you are. You really don't know where it's going to land you. That is great advice. And that's what I'm trying to impress upon my students, but it's good to hear it from someone else too. The third thing that you talked about was uh, you, you didn't necessarily call it a certification, but you talked about a, uh, I can't remember what. Yeah. What, a professional designation. It's called yes. professional and human resources. Yes. So is, is that a certification of some kind? It is. So it is a certification through what is called the Human Resources, actually Human Resources Certification Institute. Um, there's a couple of bodies that do those for HR professionals. And honestly, I have not studied for anything in many years. And it's the first time I'm going back and studying, but it has been so worth it to gain that and just kind of add some depth to my knowledge. And I noticed also on your LinkedIn profile that you've earned a few LinkedIn certifications. Why did you go after those? What do you feel like those will add to your career experience? And you know, what advice would you give to other people when it comes to adding those certifications to add that depth? So I'm really lucky because Nationwide has a program called the Future of Work. And it offers us access to several LinkedIn courses and all of the LinkedIn learning network. And then we also have requirements that we're expected to meet because professional development is really important and they value that and want us to know that. So through that, I had found a couple of certifications on there. I can't remember exactly which ones are listed um, on my profile, but was just able to broaden my knowledge a little bit. I think something that helps people grow is there, especially as you're starting to build your career, is that curiosity and that willingness to keep 
pushing yourself to be better, not just landing and sitting stagnant, but when other people see that you're pushing yourself to be better, they're going to say, I want that person on my team because that person is really working hard and they can see those other things you're doing and reflecting that is invaluable when you're trying to grow. Yeah, good. So you went to Otterbein University. And I'm wondering how you chose that school and did you know that you were going to go into communications when you first went to college or was that a decision in college and, you know, how did Otterbein help you get to where you are today? So I only ended at Otterbein after touring a couple of schools in Columbus. I knew that I wanted to be in the Columbus area. That was something I was pretty positive. I had some family down here, wanted to be in a little bit of a bigger city with just a little bit more going on. And Otterbein was the last school I toured and it poured rain the entire day I was there. But despite being soaking wet, I left campus that day and I was like, that place just felt like home. The professors were just so welcoming. Um, I actually thought I was going to be a Spanish major and a pre-law major when I started college. So kind of thought I'd go into some bilingual law practice. Then partway through college, just realized that continuing um, in postgraduate education wasn't something that I personally wanted at that time. So I kind of reassessed and looked at the classes I'd taken that I enjoyed and the things that I felt passion around. And I knew that communications was something I clicked with and just felt very comfortable in that department and landed there and graduated with that degree. Um, you know, a little bit about what I loved about Otterbein was that all of my classes were small. Even freshman year of college and some general ed courses, there were never more than 20 people. And a lot of times my classes were seven to 15. And that just gave such a one-on-one -on -one approach with my professors that they actually knew me and I knew them and I could go into their office hours and they wouldn't say, who are you? What class are you taking? You know, <laughs> you're one face out of maybe in a lecture. And I liked that approach. Um, it did mean there were less classes and less extracurricular activities. So you give and you take when you go somewhere like OSU versus Otterbein. But for me, those connections were something that was, you know, just something that I personally craved. And I kind of see that in my career today because my career is literally built on making connections and building relationships with people. So kind of all of my story links itself together there. So you talked a little bit about your passion, you know, was, was that communication? We've talked a lot about people trying to find their purpose uh, and if they can identify their purpose and then identify a career that allows them to achieve that purpose, they're going to feel very fulfilled. So as you think about your career at Nationwide, how is it allowing you to achieve the purpose that you feel in your life? I'll share a little bit about what I did right after college because I think it relates. So right after college, I was in retail management and then property management. And in both of those cases, I was tasked with hiring individuals and training individuals and really getting them up to speed. And something I found that I really enjoyed about that was when people really clicked in their jobs and the role just made sense to them and they knew what they were doing and they were able to be successful. And then when this role came open, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can bring people in and place them in those jobs that hopefully they're going to click in and they're going to feel happy in. So part of, you know, my passion that's fulfilled is just getting people into roles that they're happy in. Because a lot of times when people are job searching, they're either unemployed or 
they are unhappy with their current employer for any number of reasons, whether it's work culture, hours, the role itself. So you want them to land somewhere where their quality of life goes up. And I feel like I'm at a company where I can help people's quality of life increase. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. And then I'm also really passionate about continuous improvement and like smooth, efficient processes. And that's something that being a coordinator first before a recruiter, I get to weave in because I've seen both sides of my world, I guess would be the way to put it. So I get to help improve things and make them better for both our hiring managers we're working with and our candidates we're working with. Because in the end, it's all about the candidate. That candidate could also be a member of Nationwide Insurance and have our products. And they may not get the job, but you still want them to leave and feel like they were cared for through the entire process. So I get to really just be with people. And that's something that I'm passionate about is just being with people in good moments. And there's, you know, there's bad moments where you have to tell someone they didn't get a job they really wanted, but being with them in a way that's empathetic and then also encouraging as they go in their journey, just, you know, really is something that honestly, I love doing. Good. Well, yeah, it's very clear that you do have a passion for that. And a lot of what you talked about was, you know, matching people with the the correct positions and one of the things that you use to to start that process is a person's resume and because you have so much experience with those and because those are so important for current students and even people who are out of high school who are looking for work uh, i'd love for you to share a little bit about what you are looking for and what people can do to make their resumes appealing to employers So I think, you know, starting, it's really about determining what is the purpose of my resume and why do I have this piece of paper? And we hear people talk about resumes and cover letters and why they're important, but we don't necessarily talk about, you know, what is this going to mean for me? And really your resume is there to tell your story and it's there to tell your story in a concise manner that lands you an interview where you can then go in depth in your experience and you can share more about why you're a great fit for the role. When you think about your resume, you're trying to demonstrate your value to someone on paper. And that is extremely challenging to give, you know, one to two pieces of paper and tell someone why you're a good fit for the role and why you want to be a value, you know, member of their company and contributing member to who they are. And then, you know, the biggest thing to think about with a resume is that that is 90% of the time all the recruiter has to go off of. And if I'm looking at an opening I have and I have 20 resumes and I need, you know, maybe two hires out of that, that's all I'm going to have to start your story and to start to say, okay, out of these people, which ones are the most qualified for this position? Which ones should we start conversations with? So it's all about presenting your qualifications and then using concise phrases and quantitative things that really show what you've done and what you can bring to the table so that you can tell your story and really get to bring that to life on the phone with a recruiter. Right. And I think as an English teacher, you know, I love the thought of telling a story. Um, You know, I think a lot of times students think, well, I'll, I'll never write a story after high school, but this, this is something that 
if they can create their story and tell it well, it goes a long way in that hiring process. It does. Yeah. Cause you tell your story once on your resume and then you tell your story in an interview and that's, you know, you have to sell what you bring to a company. Um, and then you also want to make sure the company's selling what they're going to bring to you. Um, I know that's not super related to what we're talking about, but companies are a two-way fit. It's not just about landing in a job that, you know, takes you. It's also about landing in a job that's a puzzle piece and you guys fit together so that you're happy in the role too. Um, so slight digression. <laughs> um, but, you know, when we think about your resume, I saw this a lot on the advice when you had posted on LinkedIn about resumes and resume tips, but target your resume. If it is appropriate and possible for you, tailor your resume to each position, even if it's just mentioning it in the beginning that, you know, this is the position I'm applying for, or this is what I bring to the table for this role in a really short paragraph. Try to target it because that company is going to say, oh, Joey really is interested in this position. He took the time to edit his resume to reflect what we're looking for. Um, Give it a sharp focus when you're doing that. Adapt your qualifications to that role. So if you're looking at a role, you know, maybe you're a IT professional and you work with several IT languages from, you know, Ruby, Cucumber, Python, all of those languages that they may work with. And this role really works with Cucumber. Go ahead and go in and tailor that to the skills that you know within that specific language. And Cucumber is a real IT language. Um, may it's sound say, like I've it's not. not. Yeah, I've not heard of that one, so. <laughs> it is, that one surprised me. Um, so it is a real IT language that they use. But, you know, when you are tailoring that resume, look at those qualifications that they're calling out. If there's an additional job description on something you're applying to, that means those are the things that that specific role is looking for. Focus in on those and really take a sharp edge and tune your specific experience to those. The bulk of it might be more general, but if there's something additional, that team wrote that for that job. Um, so definitely make sure that you're, you know, calling out those things, the software, the licenses you have. Make sure that those are at the top of your resume and those are easy to find. If your licenses are buried in a skill set or a set of experience you have, it's going to be a lot harder for someone to quickly call out and say, oh, they've got what I need from a base level perspective. Let's dive deeper. Right. So then I thought we talked just a little bit about the different types of resumes that you can do. And we're only going to talk about four types. There are many, many more if you run a Google search. I mean, you could probably find... 15, 20 types of resumes that are said to exist, but these are the main four that you're probably going to see as you're looking forward. Um, so the first one of those is chronological, and it's probably the one that most of you are familiar with. It's going to be starting at the beginning of your experience and really um, taking that and building it upwards. So the, you know, maybe something that you did in 2012 is going to be all the way at the bottom. What you're doing currently is going to be all the way at the top. Um, my big call out is don't flip those. It makes it really hard to read your resume. If you start with your oldest experience and what you're doing currently is buried, make sure the top is always what you're doing currently or did most recently. 
And then you're going to have some headings in there, you know, maybe what you're looking for. You're going to have your education, your experience, your licenses, and maybe some call outs about volunteer work you do to call out that you're also an active member of the community. When you want to use that, you know, you can use it anytime, but it's most relevant if you're seeking a position in your current field. Have a steady work history where that story is told really well through your chronological work history and want to show maybe your progression. So maybe you've moved up a couple of times in your industry and want to show that, you know, I started as a entry-level customer service rep and I am now a team leader. I'm a manager now within my field. So that's when I would really say hone in on a chronological resume. The next type of resume is going to be a functional resume. The difference with a functional resume is you are going to switch from focusing on that work history to what skills you have and what your experience has given you. This is gonna help a lot if you're newer in the workforce or newer in your field. Maybe you only have one role and you put that on your resume and it doesn't look like you know as much as you really know. <laughs> and you wanna show, no, I'm educated. I know all of these skills. I bring these abilities to the table. You wanna do that more as a functional resume that calls out those things and you know, fill in maybe gaps in your work history. So maybe you've had a couple of years off. And I know this is mostly targeted at students who probably don't have a lot of gaps in their work history, but if you're watching this as a professional, then you know, fill in those gaps with the functions that you serve and what you can do. Or if you're seeking a position in your current field and just want to showcase your skill set, maybe you're looking within your own department and they know who you are and how long you've been there, showcase what you can do instead. And then um, the next type is a combination resume. And this is actually my favorite kind of resume to see. Um, the combination resume takes chronological and functional and it marries them together. So it's gonna say, you know, it's gonna have a short synopsis of everything you've done in your history. So you're gonna be able to see what positions a person has held. Are they staying in their roles? Are they, you know, maybe having around every six months? Are they going to stay here, you know, bring their return on investment and the training that we're going to put into them? But it's also going to show those skills that maybe you gained through that or you gained through experience before what you're listing on your resume. So I like this because it has everything combined into one. All of the resume formats are great, but I kind of like to see the story that this one tells. And then you know, when we consider using this, um, when you have maybe lighter experience in your field, but additional relevant skills, and then as I put on there, anytime, this one is really, you know, I can't think of a situation where it's not going to be relevant because it has everything about you. And then the last kind of resume, which is really going to apply to a very specific population of professionals is the infographic. And it's going to have design elements more than text. It's going to use you know, maybe formatting, layouts, it's maybe going to have some graphics in there. And it's still going to have words, but it's going to be much more dynamic than a standard resume. And this is going to be relevant to those creative professionals. So maybe you are a graphic designer, or you work in something like user experience, where you want to show that you can build something that really pulls the user in. Um, or maybe you're in an artistic field. Something like that is when I would say, use an infographic resume that's going to automatically pop to those leaders. They're used to seeing more flashy formats of things. So you want your resume to also say, you know, I'm not just putting this on a piece of paper. This is who I am in my resume and you can see what I bring to the table just through my resume. Right, right. So I think, you know, 
those first three I have been aware of. The infographic, though, I think that's that's good for me to see also to encourage students in those creative fields uh, to show that creativity through their resume. And like you said, not just have it be a plain old piece of paper with some text on it. And so I, I really, really like that idea of the infographic resume. Yeah, absolutely. I love it because it shows kind of more of who they are as a person and what they're going to do if they're, you know, bringing design elements to the table or they're, you know, in marketing and they're going to be building digital marketing. Right. What are you going to bring to the table? Right. Is it possible to go overboard and go too far on the infographic resume? And, and maybe what does that look like? It can be if you get too long. So I've seen a couple built into PowerPoints. And they're great because they're calling out skill sets, but I've seen some verge past 10 to 15 pages sometimes. Okay. And that's more of a portfolio. Um, right. right. And if you need a portfolio, that is great. That is definitely a portfolio. But I think, you know, anytime we're talking resumes, when you are fresh in your experience and you're a little newer to what you're doing, one to two pages max will usually cut it for what you're doing. If you're an experienced professional, Three to four pages can sometimes be relevant, but I think it's really just in how much you put into it. If you are pages and pages in, you're probably a little too far on your resume. Uh, anything else about resumes that you think we should know? Yeah, I've got a couple of do's and don'ts here too with resumes, and some of these will be a little bit more relevant if you're in your field a little bit further and you're professional, but you know, big things with the do's, be clear and concise and really just get to the point quickly. You don't want, you know, as an English teacher, you don't want a big old run-on sentence on someone's right. resume. You want to see that point and get there. Well organized and attractive to the eye. There's a lot of templates out there. It's not wrong to go out and use a template. Um, you know, people spend a lot of time building those and get a little bit of color on your resume. I think when I was in high school and early college, resumes were a lot of the time still just black and white. And they were on paper. There wasn't a lot of you know, color depth or anything like that. And as I've gotten further into my career field and, you know, I'm viewing hundreds of resumes a day, get a little bit of color on there. It's not wrong. Um, stick to like a one color palette if you're going to do color, you know, maybe shades of blues or shades of greens. If you want to get really fancy, you know, say you're applying to Huntington, go with shades of green because Huntington's logo is green. So if you really want to, you know, get fancy, go with the colors of that company too. And, you know, pretty easy switch on most Word or PowerPoint formats. Um, target it to the positions you're applying for, make sure you're highlighting your strengths and then, um, you know, your accomplishments. If you want to list extracurriculars or civic activities, volunteer work, just make sure they're related to the job, but definitely list those if they do relate to what you'll be doing. My biggest one, and this is the one I call it all the time, is just quantify. Put the actual quantity of things. So instead of answered phones for vice president of student affairs, answered 150 phone calls per day for the vice president of student affairs. When they see that volume of what you were doing, that's going to show your story and your capabilities in a very different light. So any quantities you can add, add those quantities. Small call outs, you know, list your dates of employment and make your contact information easy to find. Top of the page is usually the best place for your contact information. If you put it at the bottom, 
like maybe in the footer, make sure it's also at the top or it can get really lost. Um, and then proofread, you know, you know, I'm sure that in English class you're hearing this constantly, but proofread, proofread, proofread. Do not have grammatical and spelling errors on your resume. I've seen everything from someone misspelling their own name on their resume to a misspelled university they went to. And unfortunately, you know, that that does not look good when a hiring team sees that too, because they say, you know, they're they're applying for this job on my team and their resume is not polished. Right. Um, something like that can make a big difference for you. And then just a couple of don'ts, you know, don't include your photo on there. Do not include your age, race, marital status, all of that, you know, protected information, please do not put on your resume. Um, don't use too small of type, of course, not too much bolding, not too much underlining, um, give it some depth, but you don't want to have it bolded, underlined, and italicized all in one line. Um, don't exaggerate your experience or qualifications. There's a way to write your experience in a way that makes it sound appealing. And then there's exaggeration where you might land yourself in a job that you aren't capable of succeeding in because your resume told a different story than what your skill set actually is. So it's, you know, it's for you and the company, really. It's to make sure that you are good as a person and that the company is also getting someone who can do the job and do the job well. You don't want to be looking again in three months if you find out that, yeah, your experience didn't really line up because you maybe put a little too much fluff in there on what you've done. Um, don't include your salary history on your resume. Um, there are, I've seen this a couple of times, you know, the employer does not need to know what you make. You do not need to answer that question if an employer asks you. All the employer needs to know is what you want to make in this role and what your expectation is. So never list your salary. Um, if you're listing your extracurricular activities, avoid any that aren't relevant to the job. You know, if you are in a knitting club, that probably doesn't need to be on your resume. Um, so just make sure that you're listing things that are relevant and don't list those ones that maybe don't translate into the job. And then this will probably be more relevant as you guys get into your career fields, but just be really careful around buzzwords, jargon, abbreviations, all of those short acronyms on your resume. If someone from outside of your company or your field could not read it and know what it meant, make sure you spell it out then for them, because especially I know nationwide we're famous for our acronyms. We have more acronyms than I can count. And you know, if I put all of this on my resume, no one would know what I was doing. Um, so make sure you're spelling those out. And then, you know, you can list resumes or list the free or sorry, references, or you can list that references are available on request. Um, my personal preference is available upon request. They are less and less common for employers to do reference checks. It's kind of one of those things that's fading away just because you're not going to put anyone that's going to give you a bad review on your resume. They're definitely going to say great things about you. So that's something that's kind of fading away as we go through. They were a little bit more relevant 10, 15, 20 years ago or at the executive level, they're definitely still relevant. As we start to wrap things up a little bit, I guess just a few fun questions uh, for us to see a little bit about your life experience and so forth. So What's the best part about living in Columbus, Ohio? Honestly, it's that everything is close and there's always something going on, whether it's, you know, of course, pre-COVID, whether it's a festival or 
it's a music event, there's always something happening, but there's also everything so close that if you just want to stay in, you can hop on Grubhub and have anything delivered that you want because it's all pretty close to everything. And then I also love there's lots of suburbs and they all have their own unique feel. So, you know, I live in one called Westerville, but there are suburbs literally surrounding the entire city. So it's just fun that you get a different feel everywhere. Good. Yeah. I know every time I've gone to Columbus, it's been very enjoyable. And yeah, I, you know, I live in Ohio, but I'm sure I have not seen everything that Columbus has to offer. So very good. So as you think about your career, can you think of something that was maybe the most rewarding experience you've had so far in your career? And it might have even been something before your current role at Nationwide. Honestly, it was being in people leadership right out of college in retail management. So my senior year and then my first year out of college, I was in people leadership. And that's something that I'm striving to get back into with my current role as I develop. But developing people and seeing them grow in their own careers and be successful and be ready for promotions and more responsibility is the most rewarding thing to me personally just because seeing people I don't know maybe I'm weird but seeing people succeed makes me really happy well that's good and, and that's I'm sure the people that you're helping succeed appreciate that as well so uh, as you think about the connection you mentioned earlier that helped you get into nationwide initially um, and maybe it's going to be this person again, but can you think of a connection that you feel like has had a huge impact on you as a person, as a professional, um, you know, on your career? Is there someone out there that, that has really had that big impact? Yeah, it was actually one of my hiring managers I worked with. So I was supporting her as a recruiter as her group went through a pretty big restructure and once we kind of wrapped that up she said hey like I've loved working with you through this experience I'd love to just take some time and chat with you about your career and I was kind of at one of those crossroads points where I was deciding okay what do I want what do I want next do I stay where I am do I consider doing something else within the company and she sat down with me and we just talked through what everything looks like behind the scenes and maybe process management versus project management and she was so encouraging and it really just helped me land that, you know, I'm very happy in talent acquisition and that's where I am meant to be right now. But we, you know, we keep up every couple of months and just having someone who had been there in their early career and trying to make those decisions, be willing to step back and say, hey, let me take you through this journey. It was, you know, it was really good. And we just got connected because I was working with her as a support partner. And then she said, hey, I see this in you and I'd love to chat. Good. Good. Yeah, that's perfect for my students to hear because I keep stressing to them, talk to people, build those relationships, yeah. <laughs> because that is truly going to be what allows you uh, a lot of times to get into those career positions or find opportunities that are out there. So excellent advice. So if someone does have uh, a desire to reach out to you and learn more, uh, I'm going to guide them to your LinkedIn page, but is there anything, any other way that they might be able to reach out to you, whether it's uh, an email address or maybe you have a, a professional website or, or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. They can reach right out to my personal email. So my personal email is just LaceyKern at gmail.com. And my first name is spelled L-A-C-I-E. My last name is K-E-R-N at gmail. And feel free to reach out and introduce yourself. Perfect. Well, Lacey, I greatly appreciate it. It's always good to see Van Buren students doing so well 
in the marketplace and uh, in their careers. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and everyone have a great day. Thank you for watching this interview with Lacey Kern. And to be sure you don't miss upcoming interviews, please click subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is released. Thank you for watching. And as always, remember the best part about Mondays is interviewing people.